Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. I hope you're excited to be here. I hope you're excited to learn today. I've got a couple exciting things going on today. Um, I've got an exciting section in the middle, our main segment here, where we're going to talk about running your lights from stage, um, from the simplest to the most complex, or even, not even from stage always, but just if you need to run your lights, but uh, you don't have a dedicated operator, how, how do you do that? We're going to be talking about that today. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, actually, and it can be quite confusing, and so I'm going to attempt the best I can to distill it down into something simple just for you. Now, if you guys are new here, I want you to go over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. That's a place where I'm going to send you a free guide that's going to help you with the type of lighting you work with. It's called a quiz because there's just two or three questions that ask you some basic things so we can get the right guide in your hands. Now, today, as I talked about, we're going to be talking about, and we are talking about, how do I run my lighting from stage? So before we get into the, the details before we get into the the how-to, the, you know, this is what to use and, and how to hook it up. I want to take a step back first and, and think about the purpose. Like, why do we need to run things from stage? Or why might you need to run things from stage? As I somewhat alluded to already, it could seem pretty obvious, I think, that maybe you're a small band and you don't have the money or the resources or the need to pay a lighting person, but you want a really tight lighting show. You know, you don't you don't have a big enough act to to be able to pay somebody what it would cost to to have somebody run the lights every night. Um, you might you may only have a few lights anyway, so it may only take you a couple minutes to set it up. So there's no reason to do that, but you also don't want to leave the lights in sound active mode because, as we all know here, sound active mode is not really that great and doesn't look good. Um, it makes you look like an amateur. And so we don't want you to do that. Uh, but in, in other scenarios, say you're a church. Say you want to change the lighting at various points during the service, but maybe you're a smaller church and you don't have somebody there to press the button. You don't have somebody to run the lights. You just don't. And you're not going to. You know, you're, you're tight on volunteers already. Um, you just don't have that time. So that's another reason why you might want to automate your lighting from the stage. Now, there could be others. Maybe you're a DJ and you want to uh, to be able to have a really great show that's not sound active, but reacts to the music. And, and you can do that with some tools. So how do we do that? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. No, but the very first thing and the most important thing you need is some kind of trigger. Okay, now, in order to run a light show from stage and have it automated and have it follow your music, you don't necessarily have to use backing tracks, okay? That's kind of the first myth to get out here and get rid of, because while it's a lot simpler, if you do have backing tracks and then you set up the lighting to go with it, the lighting follows the backing tracks exactly, and then you're good to go, you know? But a lot of bands don't play the tracks, right? They, they want to have the ability to improvise, to change things up on the fly. And I get that. And I love a good live show that doesn't involve backing tracks. But there's some great live shows that do have backing tracks. 
Um, and so you, you got to have a trigger, right? Because the lights can't know and, and figure out what to do next all by themselves. They need something to reference them if they're not going to have some one. So there's, there's a few options. You, you really do need something. So one option, thinking of the, the church world, is you could use ProPresenter or other MIDI-capable software that can send out some MIDI information to a lighting controller, and um, you're already using that tool. So you're already using some tool to change your songs, to run your lyrics on the screen, something like that. Then if you're already using a tool like that, then maybe you can build into it a way to send some MIDI information to be able to trigger the lights automatically. It, it could be as simple, though, as, as just a simple foot switch. In fact, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. And maybe somebody, maybe the bass player, maybe the keyboardist, um, hits a foot switch at various times during the songs when you need to advance to the next lighting scene, the next cue. You could use something like Ableton Live, which, uh, you know, we talked about backing tracks already, and Ableton can play backing tracks, but it can also do so much more. If you're not familiar with it, it's very popular with DJs and churches, and it allows you to play back tracks, but still have the ability to do things live and to change the tempo and to play a part again if you want and to skip a part um, because it segments out your song. And so you could, you could set up your lights um, through MIDI information in a program like that. And of course, as we've mentioned you can have full backing tracks. So then you start the backing track, it plays through all its way, and when it's done, the song's over. You don't stop it, you don't pause it, none of that. So at the most basic level, one thing if, you, if you've listened to this podcast before, one thing that you've heard me talk about is a great tool, a great piece of software called NTEX DMXs. And DMXs is a great program. It's really great especially for folks who are beginning with lighting. Now, if you start to get a lot of lights, um, you start to get a lot of moving lights, especially, and other things that take, um, you know, a lot of channels, then all of a sudden, DMXs is not as quick or easy to program. But it's very user-friendly, and for folks, especially folks who are just beginning, it, it really can't be beat in the features that it has and the things it can do. And the, the cool thing about DMX is what I really like about it is you have options. So this is a program that was designed by NTech to be run from bands on stage. So maybe you're a worship band, maybe you're a, a band playing in clubs, who knows what you are, um, and you want to run your lights from stage. Well, you've got different options with DMXs. You can run a foot switch. You can run it as a plug-in inside of a lot of DAWs, such as Ableton Live. They have a companion program called ShowBuddy that can play your backing tracks for you and, and you can sync the lights up to it. And it can also be sent MIDI from other programs. And, and the last is you can click on the screen, but we're not really talking about that today because we're talking about triggering these things. And so at the basic level, something like DMXs is wonderful because pretty much anybody, even if you haven't, worked with lighting before, if you haven't worked with stage lighting at all, you can get started with DMXs and get up and running pretty quick. In fact, I've got some free videos on YouTube, um, and we'll link to a page on learnstagelighting.com that has all those. That's called How to Program with DMXs. We'll, we'll be sure to link to that post in the show notes. But DMXs is really great, um, 
and you're able to just, you know, have it as a plug-in. You can have it via MIDI. You can have it via that foot switch. You can have it with full backing tracks. You've really got a lot of great options there. But for some people, especially if you're doing a bigger show, if you have one more than one universe of lighting, um, if you already have a lighting console, if um, you you need to reprogram things a lot, um, then DMXs may not be the best program for you. Um, it's a great program, but you know once you get past that kind of entry level and, and, and a small amount of lights and a limited amount of reprogramming, uh, it often makes sense to go with something other than DMXs. DMXs is a solid program, but it's simple. You know that's the, the basic way to do it. And so when we get into other lighting consoles, am I? I, I talk about a lot of them here, such as Onyx, such as Entex D Pro, such as the Work Pro Light Shark. We'll link to information about all of those in the show notes. The page is about them on learnstagelighting.com. Um, when, when you're using a console like this, more of a intermediate or advanced uh, console, depending on which one you choose, and there's a lot of other ones out there, you're, you're often going to have the ability to trigger these things via MIDI. So... This is where um, things really change. So DMXs is pretty easy to set up and run from stage. But these intermediate to advanced level consoles are not always quite as easy. And, and I think the reason why that is, is because a lot of the times these consoles are designed with professional users in mind. And generally professional users have somebody to run the console. So they don't build that kind of stuff in. But... All of those three that I talked about, Onyx, Intex D Pro, WorkPro, Lightshark, all three of those can be triggered via MIDI, okay? And so if you're not familiar, MIDI, which I've talked about a number of times here, stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface, and it's just a way for musical instruments and things like that to talk to each other. And in lighting, we often use it to have consoles be triggered by other things. And so... What you're able to do then is use something such as it could be a foot switch, it could be a program like ProPresenter, it could be Ableton Live to send MIDI out of the one program and into your lighting program. And then your lighting program can receive it and you can set up or you can map the MIDI as it's often called. And so the, the kind of upside downside to this approach to using a more advanced console, the upside of it is that especially if you're working with a lot of lights or you reprogram things a lot, then um, it's going to be a lot easier to work with. You know, DMX is like I said, is great. I like it a lot. But if you have a lot of lights or you're going to be reprogramming a lot, it's not as user friendly. It's just not meant to handle that much stuff. Um, but the setup's also going to be a little more complex on the front end, and you're going to need to keep track of some things, specifically when you're working with MIDI. So, so do keep that in mind. But but it's a great option as well. And um, there's other consoles as well. A lot of people use Grand MAs. But, but the point is, and, and kind of the point I want to take home here, is that um, you know, using MIDI and being able to can trigger your lights from stage, from some other element on stage, can make for a really amazing show. Uh, even if you don't have somebody who you can reliably, you know, bring on as a lighting person, you can still have great lighting every night and you can automate your stuff in a way that works. And, and I think this is really awesome. And so 
Um, if you do want more info, I'm going to link to a video. Actually, I'm going to put up a YouTube video here um, from um, a guy named BWAC, some a company called Multitracks.com and um, Sweetwater. And, and they put out a great video that really shows you, it, it kind of has a worship vibe to it, but it works for any kind of type of band. It really shows you how they automate all their show elements together from stage so that they can have a reliable, repeatable uh, show every night. So it definitely is possible. Awesome. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. This was a shorter one, but you know what? That's okay sometimes. Show notes are going to be found at learnstagelighting.com slash 05. What show is this? It's 54. Now, I've got some exciting stuff coming up. I I, I told you I had a surprise coming up. So um, next week, our show is going to be um, a Q&A show. So as a lot of you guys know, um, at learnstagelighting.com slash contact, you can put in questions there, and I go through them on the weeks that I do Q&A, and I answer them. It's really that simple. Um, and so now, we're going to go ahead, and um, after next week's two uh, Q&A week, we'll have, I believe, I got another main segment coming up. But then, as we get into March, the format of the show is going to be changing. I'm really excited about this. So these first 50 or so episodes, um, we've done some Q&A, but we've also done a lot of these main segments where I, I talk about various topics and teach you about these basics of lighting. But you know what? Um, we're pretty much done there. We've, we've talked about a lot of things and there's not a ton more to do. So what's a guy to do? Well, I'm going to start interviewing people and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to bring you some interviews that I'm working really hard on right now. Um, and we're just going to talk to people maybe once a month, maybe twice a month and talk not to the lighting designers who are at the top of their game, who are lighting arenas. We might talk to them sometimes, but we're going to talk to people in the trenches like you. You know, people that might be a hobbyist, might have been doing this professionally for just a few years. Um, people who, who aren't, you know, the, the people that you read about when you open up the magazines. Um, often you open up these trade magazines, I read them, and it's where I bring you the lighting news from all the time, and they're great, and I enjoy them. But they really, you know, focus on people at the top of their game. And you know what? There's a lot of other people out there lighting small to mid-sized shows that have really interesting stories and a lot to share with us and a lot that we can learn from. So I'm going to be bringing those to you. So if you haven't already, subscribe here to the show and I will see you next week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.